Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of You Can't Handle the Truth. Today's episode we're going to be talking about Pearl Harbor. So this is the fourth film in the Michael Bay series that I'm doing. I've never seen this film before. I've seen bits and pieces here and there similar to Armageddon but I had not seen it all the way through. And I did not think I would see it all the way through because it's three hours long. I mean, Christ, it's a commitment. And I thought I'd watch half of it before going to see The Batman at midnight because that's another three hour movie. So I watched this and then The Batman. So that's six hours in total, just two goddamn movies. But I truly thought I'd watch half of it one night and then I'd finish it the next morning or something because I, I didn't think I'd be able to sit through all three hours. But I did, and it was it was fine. I, I don't think it's great. I think some of the action and some of the set pieces are magnificent, but the acting is really cringy. It's quite cliche at times, and I know it's a real thing. and It's a tragedy, okay? It's an absolute American tragedy. What happened at Pearl Harbor, but I think it kind of glorified it a bit too much towards the end. And then it just got ridiculous, like literally the last half an hour does not need to be in this film at all. The second that the bombing of Pearl Harbor finishes, the movie could have ended. Okay, yeah, I know, this is a thing, because it's such an American film, it needs to have that last half an hour on, so the Americans win, okay? So if it was any other film telling any other story, it would end with the titular tragedy. But no, because Michael Bay is American and this film is American. Yeah, we need to show all the Americans going over to Tokyo and just bombing the shit out of it. But then, of course, things go wrong. But I don't, I don't even understand what was happening at the end, to be honest. It got a bit too much for me, but okay. The film is good. The film is fine. It's got some good performances. It's got some very bad performances. I think Ben Affleck is good in it, but he just plays. He plays the same person that he was playing in Armageddon, right? Both this, both this and Armageddon have him supposedly die, supposedly killed in action at one point, and then he miraculously makes a return to save the day. Same movie, okay? I could be talking about Armageddon, I could be talking about this, and I kind of respect that because Michael Bay has clearly just thought, you know what, f*** it, people loved you in Armageddon, I'm just going to do the same thing to you in this, why not? But he, he has a really funny line earlier in the film when he, okay, he plays an American soldier, of course, and he volunteers to go and fight in England. <laughs> and he's, write, he's writing letters to his missus back home, who then subsequently cheats on him because she thinks he's dead. <laughs> oh, drama. But anyway, he's writing letters and he's giving this voiceover and then Kate Beckinsale is doing her voiceover and sending letters back. Oh, oh, so sweet, so cute. <laughs> it was pretty f***ing diabolical, I'm not going to lie. But anyway, he's writing a letter and at one point he says, <laughs> in a really serious tone, he's like, I can't, oh God, okay. Oh, in a really serious tone. <laughs> I actually can't. I can't deal with this film. Oh my god, no. I did not think this would be that funny. Okay, it's not funny, I know. It's a real, you know, it's, it's a tragedy, okay? What happened at Pearl Harbor was disastrous and horrible. It never should have happened. But there's about a, a 10 minute segment in this film, around the 40 minute mark, where I just thought, this is a straight up comedy. This is f***ing hilarious. So he's writing letters back home, and at one point he says... It's different than I thought it would be. It's cold. <laughs> what did you expect, man? It's England. I mean, come off it. Oh, it's different. It's cold. 
<laughs> oh, I love it. I love this line. I love the delivery. Whoever has wrote this script should be shot. <laughs> it's so bad. And then, and then just after this, when it shows the Americans prepping Pearl Harbor for basically just prepping land for slaughter, right? So they put all of their stuff, they put all their ships and all the planes in one place, and they keep talking through tactics about what the Japanese are planning, and they're saying they're not going to do an aerial attack because we could see it coming. They're not going to go through the harbour because it's too shallow for submarines to get in there. So all we have to worry about, this is what he says, all we have to worry about is sabotage. So we've bunched all our planes together to make them easier to protect. <laughs> and he says it with such a deadpan delivery. I'm, can I try and find it? I'm going to try and find it. Hang on. I'm going to try and find it. This is great. Here we go. I found it. This is this is so good. This is one of the greatest line deliveries in history. Okay, 39 minute mark. Pearl Harbor. Check it out. Here we go. All we have to worry about here is sabotage. So we bunched our planes together to make them easier to protect. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. And then about five minutes later, the Japanese are showing preparing and they're saying they've bunched all their planes and ships together. It's the perfect place to attack. Like, oh my God. Oh my God. What is this film? What is this script? I know I shouldn't be saying this because it was actually tactics used in, in Pearl Harbor itself, but come on. Did nobody think that was a bad idea? Bunching everything together. If one thing gets attacked, everything's gone. And then that, that's exactly what happens. Oh, God damn it. Oh, this film is great. Anyway, that happened. I wrote a few things down because as I was watching it, the same thing with Armageddon. The first 30 minutes I thought was just really cringe and it's a sweet romance, basically. With the score to Inception, okay. So the second this film starts, I was thinking, hang on a minute. That sounds an awful lot like the score from Inception. Hans Zimmer, of course, does the score. So the first half an hour is just Hans Zimmer's score. He's nailing the score, of course. It's fantastic. There's a weird scene with Kate Beckinsale at a train station going to see off Ben Affleck. And this guy comes walking behind her, just this random old guy, and he starts checking her out. He just looks behind her and he looks down and I'm thinking, what? <laughs> what is going on? So that's the only thing I wrote down in the first half an hour. Then all this, it's cold, all we have to worry about is sabotage, blah, blah, blah. Japanese group together. And then I kept thinking, okay, this movie felt like a great audition for Ben Affleck as Daredevil. Or Batman, you know, in fact, because it's shot really weirdly. Because when you've got him and Kate Beckinsale in frame, when they're looking at each other, whatever, you only see Kate Beckinsale. You don't see the top half of Ben Affleck's face. You just see his chin. I don't know why. I, I get that it's trying to focus on the woman in this scenario, but why just cut him out the frame? It looks so dodgy. It happens multiple times. So all you could see was his chin. So I'm thinking, that's his audition, right? Because... Daredevil and Batman both have masks covering the top half of the face. Just look at any shot of Ben Affleck with Kate Beckinsale in this movie, and you've got Daredevil right there, you've got Batman right there. And then it makes total sense, considering this came out in 2001, then Daredevil was 2003, three I think, and then also Jennifer Garner stars in this, Jennifer Garner stars in that. So, yeah, the first hour and a half is pretty basic, boring, unnecessary stuff. I, okay, I say unnecessary. It's necessary. It's definitely necessary because you need to you need to have a connection to these characters. But at the same time, it's not what we're here to see. And then Michael Bay brings the goods, and he brings the goods really f 
hard. So the next half an hour from the hour and a half mark is just total destruction. Okay, it's an absolute massacre masterpiece. It has some of the biggest and craziest explosions ever, certainly of his career, and it wouldn't surprise me in the wider scheme of Hollywood as well, but it's pretty well done. Okay, it's, it's shot kind of well. It's pretty intense and graphic to show the horror of war, even though it's a 12 rate film. So bear in mind, there's a lot of just, you know, done for cinematic purposes, and there's a lot of glamorising the events that happened, but it does well to actually capture that kind of insanity and that complete un unknown nature, because it was a surprise attack, and they did well in that respect, so I didn't think it was too bad. But then it's after this Pearl Harbor attack that it just starts to slow down, and it, I don't, I don't understand the last hour of this film. The last half an hour is just the president talking through his schemes to try and get the Japanese back. And, and to be fair, the president in this film, Roosevelt, was the president at the time. And the first time we see him, I'm thinking, is that John Voight? It looks a lot like John Voight. And then a bit of time went on. I'm thinking, nah, it's not John Voight. He looks too, too big to be John Voight. And then there was a shot of him, like, from really far away. There was an extreme long shot of the president at one point. I'm thinking, that is John Voight. That's got to be John Voight. So I googled it, and it is. So, yeah, I like John Voight in it. I think he's good. And, you know, the whole prosthetic team and makeup, it looks good. Uh, this film also got Oscar nominated, similar to Armageddon. I think it got nominated. I think it won. What did it win for? It was either sound or it was best song. But I've just noticed almost all of Michael Bay's films have been nominated for best sound at the Oscars. And I can kind of see why this film was, because there's a few parts where the sound is used really well. So the sound of the propellers, and then it just cuts out, and then it has all the explosions, and it manages to balance in the quietness and the tender scenes with the loud explosive moments very well, in fact. But I'm still surprised that any of his films have been oscar nominated i mean jesus christ what what anyway the film is fine okay it's not one that i'm gonna watch again in the near future but it was worth a watch and i i don't know i, I didn't feel wiser from watching it because i already knew what happened in pearl harbor but i felt ben affleck was decent in it i like ben affleck anyway josh hartnett was fine few surprises in there michael shannon is in this goddamn movie i love michael shannon he always pops up in films when you least expect it, and he always makes it better. So, love that. Tom Sizemore is in this as well. Dan Aykroyd too. It's got a pretty good cast. I thought it was literally just... <laughs> I thought it was just Ben Affleck, Josh Hartnett, and Kate Beckinsale. I didn't know anybody else was in this film, so I was surprised at that. And Yeah, it was good. It was fine. And to be fair, considering I did watch the whole three hours in one go, it did well to hook me. I mean, it did lose me at the end, I will admit. And Alec Baldwin's in this movie as well, because he comes into it right at the end again. He's, I think, Doolittle, and he says this line, Well, gentlemen, I can tell you, we're going to Tokyo. And nobody says anything, nobody reacts to that, right? It's really strange. And then he pauses and he goes, and we're going to bomb it. And then everybody goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God bless America. <laughs> yeah, this film is um, heavily patriotic and American. And I think, that, what, what was the voiceover at the end? There's a, oh, there's a voiceover at the end. Kate Beckinsale gives a monologue and she's saying about how this is the story of how America won the war. I'm like, oh, hell. <laughs> I'm getting very patriotic again. But of course, there's a bunch of American flags in here as well. Michael Bay rating, what would I give it? Um, explosion level. It, it's pretty big, I will admit. I think, oh, you know what? I think it might have more explosions than Armageddon. And I thought that was extreme. But then again, this film has less explosions that are bigger, 
but they're spaced out whereas armageddon is just a bunch of little ones and then some crazy ones all the way through pretty much because it is a disaster film whereas this is a war film you need to build it up then the destruction can begin then it never seems to stop and he doesn't really know when to stop so even though i'm a huge fan of action sequences half an hour one to depict everything that Pearl Harbor went through. It was pretty good. It was pretty damn good. I'll give him that. So Bayhem level, I would give it a 632 out of 784. You know, it was pretty, it was pretty massive, I will admit. But um, yeah, the first half, I'd give it like a 7 out of 784. But the last half, I'd definitely give it a 632, whatever I said. So yeah, that's Pearl Harbor. This has been the fourth film in the Michael Bay Watchlist series. And next up we have Bad Boys 2, which I found out is two and a half hours. So ever since Armageddon and really this film, he just starts making stupidly long films. Now I do not know why in the f- Bad Boys 2 is two and a half hours long, but I will watch it again because I do like the film and I've seen it many times before and I shall review it soon. So this has been Pearl Harbor. I've been Kieran. It's cold. and <laughs> I shall speak to you. <laughs> in the next episode of You Can't Handle the Truth.